Connects Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing possible FDA approval for migraine drug Zvegipent and Moderna revealing their mRNA-based influenza vaccine. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter, Mira Nabulsi, and Vera Kovacevic. So thanks for coming today. I'm going to start off with a story about a new FDA approval for a migraine drug. So Biohaven Pharmaceuticals, uh, after revealing positive top-line results from a late-stage clinical trial for its migraine medication called Zvegipant, um, it received approval from the FDA for the treatment of acute migraines, for the acute treatment of migraines in adults. Now, Zvegipan is similar to Biohaven's approved migraine pill, Nurtec, or Remegipant. However, Nurtec is an orally dissolved tablet, whereas Zvegipant is formulated as an intranasal spray. Results from the clinical trial that evaluated Zvegipant showed that migraine pain relief was achieved in significantly more individuals compared with placebo, and that the pain relief effects were sustained for up to 48 hours. So Zvegipant is an antibody drug, and it's a new class of drugs that are calcitonin gene-related peptide receptor antagonists. And what these do is that they bind to the receptor and prevent binding of the calcitonin gene-related peptide, or CGRP. Now, drugs in this class include Eli Lilly's Mgelidi and uh, AbbVie's Qlipta, which are approved for the treatment of migraine. However, Zvegipan is the first intranasal spray in this drug class, so that's what makes it novel. Now, Biohaven's Neurotech ODT orally dissolved tablet is the first and only FDA-approved CGRP receptor antagonist that's available in the quick dissolve formulation. So Biohaven is pretty, kind of has an edge um, in terms of this class of drugs for the acute treatment of migraine in terms of having it in different formulations. Now, based on the positive trial data for Zvegipan, Biohaven says that it plans to file a new drug application for uh, Zvegipan with the FDA in the first quarter of 2022. Now, intranasal Zvegipan is an attractive option for migraine patients who need a rapid and non-oral option for acute treatment of migraines. There are other intranasal sprays for treating migraine headaches out there, including AstraZeneca's Zolmitriptan, which is among the first selective serotonin receptor agonists for treatment of migraines. And as I mentioned, though, Zvegipan, however, is the first intranasal CGRP receptor antagonist. So it's the first in its class to be formulated as an intranasal spray. 
Now, what is CGRP? So this peptide is a potent vasodilator that is implicated in pain pathways, and it's mainly released from sensory neurons. Now, serum levels of CGRP have been shown to be elevated during migraine attacks, and they're also high in chronic migraine sufferers, and therefore targeting CGRP, CGRP receptor signaling, helps provide relief from, from migraine pain. Now, migraines are one of the most common disorders of the nervous system. They're defined as debilitating attacks that can last anywhere from between 4 to 72 hours. And symptoms include uh, things like pulsating headaches that are moderate to severe in intensity, um, that can be accompanied by nausea or vomiting, and or sensitivity to sound or sensitivity to light. Now, in the U.S., there are almost 40 million people that suffer from migraines, and the World Health Organization actually lists migraine as one of the 10 most disabling medical illnesses. And over 90% of people that suffer from migraines have impaired function and cannot work during an attack. So it's a it's a pretty serious uh, condition that affects a lot of people around the world. And so, therefore, there's a lot of scope for novel and innovative uh, treatments, uh, both acute and chronic treatments that are needed in this space. Now, the trial that evaluated the safety and efficacy of intranasal Zvegepant um, yeah, showed that um, individuals that received the Zvegepant treatment um, uh, were able to achieve relief at two hours, and that could last up to 48 hours. The trial had about 1,400 adult participants with a history of migraines, and the study met its two primary regulatory endpoints of pain, freedom, and freedom from most bothersome symptoms at the two-hour mark. So Biohaven hasn't released the full set of results from the trial yet, but it says it will share them at either upcoming uh, medical conferences and or publish them in peer-reviewed journals. So Biohaven's first migraine drug, Nurtec, the orally dissolved tablet that I mentioned, is approved as both an acute and preventative treatment. And it's actually done very well in the market. In the third quarter of 2021, Nurtec sales um, amounted to $136 million, which was a 46% jump from the previous quarter. And its success was noticed by other pharma companies like Pfizer, actually. And so Pfizer um, dished out $150 million in cash and purchased $350 million in Biohaven stock to obtain rights to sell Nurtec uh, outside the U.S. Also, Eli Lilly is trying to get in on the competition as well. It recently launched a uh, late-stage trial, head-to-head -head trial, to evaluate its migraine drug M. Galiti against Nurtec for the preventative treatment of episodic migraines. So just wanted to get your thoughts on this new approval for the intranasal spray. Um, it's a new class of, of uh, the CGRP uh, receptor antagonist. It's a new class of drugs and it's the first intranasal spray in this class. I know that um, Sydney and <clears throat> Mira, you both suffer from migraines, unfortunately. So I just wanted to get your opinions and thoughts from that perspective. Yeah, from the perspective of a headache uh, frequent 
a frequent headache getter. Um, <laughs> I definitely love any uh, any news of, of this kind because, um, as I'm sure, Mira, you have been through this, but trying to find yeah. the right treatments um, for headaches is, is really tough. And everyone, you know, has different symptoms and everyone suffers from them in a different way. Um, but I know it took several years for me to find the right one. And luckily I did find one. And it is actually a sumatriptan. Um, which you which you discussed, or it's in the triptan family. Family, yeah. Yeah, and um, it works for me, but you know that that's just for me. So, uh, and it's also interesting that it's a nasal spray as well. Um, I feel like I'm a little le- a little less inclined to take a nasal spray, and I wonder. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I love having things sprayed up the up old your nose, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I I think most people with headaches would try anything, or who suffer from migraines would would be willing to give something a try. For example, I tried um a tablet that you dissolved in water, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever <sighs> drank. But I just plugged my nose and downed it, and it didn't even work. So <laughs> we try things, and and um you know. So yeah, this is really welcome news. Yeah, Cindy, I honestly couldn't agree with you more. When I'm having a migraine attack, I will try anything and everything to make me better because like uh, Aisha, the list of symptoms you said, mm-hmm. I know you said and or, I'm an and for every single one. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and so, yeah, like Cindy, I'm on the same path as you. I tried the tablet and uh, didn't do anything. And now I'm on the sumatriptan. Well, not on it, but I only take it when I get a migraine attack. But honestly... I I feel like I would choose a nasal spray because the sumatriptan is pretty it's pretty intense like it it will knock me out for the rest of the day or night and I physically am a vegetable but yeah maybe something like a nasal spray that might not as be at, might not be as intense um, is something I would consider also yeah like like Cindy was saying anyone with a migraine will just try everything because honestly like. I wish I could understand it better to understand how to fix it because I feel like understanding a migraine is quite co- complex and the only solution thus far, correct me if I'm wrong, is those um, receptor, uh, receptor-based receptor medication that basically more or less numbs you. But um, yeah, so uh, any news coming out of the migraine world is you know going to help a lot of people, I think. It's so true, Mira. Like getting to the root of where the headaches come from is such a tough thing to to figure out. I know you and I have both had MRIs and nothing yeah. really came of them. Um yeah. and it's it's just kind of frustrating. For now the medication is is just like, you know, if if we need it and luckily we have it, but yeah, I have no idea to this day if my headaches are uh, caused by my uh, you know, nasal or if they're tension headaches. I I don't know. Yeah, I think one of the benefits of of this new um, drug, the Vegapant, is that because it's a nasal spray, I'm wondering if it would have if it would be faster acting than a tablet because we know that um, you know Aisha said that some participants even experienced a lessening of symptoms in like 15 minutes. In like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if that's the benefit of having a nasal spray versus a tablet. I don't know if a tablet can work that quickly. Because, you know, if you spray it up your nose, we know that our brain is close to the top of our nose. And, and I know migraines are not caused by sinus infections, but there's also the sinuses right there. It's close to that area too. So 
Yeah, I think that's one um, of sort of the attractive features of this that like it is fast acting. So compared to a tablet you might have to take, you know, it takes time for the absorption to happen. So that's one benefit. And the other is uh, side effects, right? I think, um, Mira, you were saying that like, which you take knocks you out. So also um, people who experience nausea and let's say vomiting with with their migraines, maybe they're, it, it'll, it's hard for them to maybe take an oral pill and that might just exacerbate those kinds of yeah. gastrointestinal intestinal symptoms. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think those are, you know, two big things that are going for um, sort of a, a less invasive, well, I mean, sticking su- something up your nose isn't, exactly not invasive but uh, yeah. yeah I just read a fact about migraines online and it said I don't know if you guys know this but it says migraines also tend to run in families and are three times more likely in women oh, so, I've of, course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course yeah of course yeah okay I've never heard of that before but yeah for me my share. migraines yeah for me my migraines came as a a young adult like I only started getting migraines at the age of 22 23 I want to say and it was because of a side effect from a birth control I was on actually so for me like at the time I thought oh once I'm like off the birth control I will no longer have migraines Mm -hmm. nope you will have migraines for the rest of time so yeah so my family doesn't have anyone with migraines I'm the only one and it was because of a side effect of the birth control so yeah, it's it, uh, migraines have, uh, they are implicated with uh, hormonal changes, so mm-hmm. that could definitely be a trigger and that you may be still experiencing that even though you're, you're off that. So it's, it's very complicated, like you guys were also saying. Um, the root causes of migraines are so varied, number one, and they're not very well understood. Um, I think neurology and that whole field is still... Um, developing because um, I think we just don't have the tools or the understand to enable for the understanding of, of the brain and all of the complex uh, you know pain receptor pathways and pain perception pathways so it's it's very a very very active area of research but um, and we still need to learn a whole lot more and I think once we do gain you know I mean it is encouraging because we do have you know different ways to target pain now like first it was serotonin pathways and now with the CGRP so I think you know progress is being made and um, also it's very individualistic I think it's a very it's very heterogeneous right so the the intensity of migraines uh, vary vary from person to person and the causes uh, can vary as well so unraveling all of those biological mechanisms and then understanding what you should target um, in any one individual is, uh, is is the key to this. So, but yeah, very interesting to gain your thoughts on that in terms of uh, Sydney. You wouldn't go for the uh, nasal spray, Mira. Mm. You would. <laughs> it's a toss up. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next story, and I'd like to talk about. Uh, a new vaccine from Moderna. And no, it's not a COVID-19 vaccine. It's actually a flu shot this time. So Moderna revealed uh, the very first results from a small study that it's conducting for its mRNA-based influenza vaccine. 
And the study showed that, well, the first results showed that the vaccine had no significant safety concerns and induced robust immune responses against four strains of the influenza virus. So, of course, as we all know, um, Moderna's first ever commercial product was its mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Um, it was a first and very timely commercial product. And so Moderna is now leveraging the same mRNA technology to generate a vaccine against influenza. Um, and it did so in a rapid manner, similar to the generation of its COVID-19 shot. So Moderna designed its mRNA influenza vaccine in January of this year and began human testing just five months ago. So this showcases really the speed at which these mRNA vaccines can be developed. Now, Moderna's influenza vaccine candidate mRNA1010 is a quadrivalent vaccine that is targeted against hemagglutinin uh, proteins from four different seasonal influenza viruses. And these include two influenza A subtypes, H1N1 and H3N2, as well as two influenza B subtypes uh, called Yamagata and Victoria. And these strains of the virus were recommended by the WHO. In the study, the vaccine was uh, seen to boost hemagglutinin antibody titers against uh, all four of the strains 29 days post-vaccination uh, with the several doses that were evaluated and the vaccine was assessed in both young and older adults. Now interestingly the results were a bit mixed because antibody levels against the two um, influenza A strains were higher than the influenza B subtypes, and they're not quite sure why this is the case. Um, Moderna just says that they need to evaluate this further in phase two, in its phase uh, planned phase two trial. Um, Moderna also announced in its statement um, that it has two other quadrivalent flu vaccine candidates in the pipeline as part of its seasonal flu vaccine program. Now. The current influenza vaccines that we have have an efficacy of 40 to 60%. And so there is definitely scope for improvement, especially as, you know, I think we've been spoiled with the COVID-19 vaccines having effectiveness and efficacies of over 90% and well over 80, 85% even in light of variants like Delta. Uh, the lower effectiveness of the flu shots that we have currently is partly due to the fact that uh, there is a significant lead time uh, involved in designing and manufacturing the vaccines, uh, and that can lead to uh, predictions that might be off in terms of which influenza strains will dominate during a given season because they need to plan months ahead. Uh, and at that time, you may not have a good idea of what circulating uh, strains may come to dominate later on. So timelines are an issue there. So Moderna believes that the speed and flexibility of its mRNA platform will allow for the design of, of vaccines closer to flu season when they do have a better idea of which strains should be targeted that particular year. So that's a plus point with, with that. Now, Moderna says that its ultimate goal is to have a single-shot booster vaccine that protects against 
three different respiratory infections. Um, and those would include COVID-19, influenza, and RSV, or respiratory syncytial uh, virus. So yeah, uh, let's take a look at some of the study results. So it was a phase one study and they uh, evaluated three different doses of the influenza vaccine, as I mentioned in both younger adults as well as older adults. Um, 50 years of age and older. It was a small study. Each group had just 45 participants. And after a period of 29 days post-vaccination, antibody levels against the influenza A strains H1N1 and H3N2 increased by tenfold and eightfold respectively in uh, the younger adult cohort and by sixfold for adults in, over 50. And against the uh, antibody titers against the two influenza B strains were lower with three and two-fold antibody increases for the Yamagata and Victoria strains, respectively. And this was similar um, between both age groups. There were no significant safety findings uh, reported through day 29. Adverse reactions were observed at the higher doses and occurred seemed to occur more frequently in younger adults compared to older adults. Um, and Moderna chose to settle on the lowest dose for its phase two trial because higher doses didn't lead to any more strong of an immune response. But they're going to test, um, sorry, the mid dose, the 50 microgram dose, but they're going to go ahead and test the lower 25 microgram dose as well um, in their phase two trial. So just want to get your thoughts on this new flu shot. Um, and are you excited about this new mRNA technology being apply to different other different um, vaccines well i'm i'm impressed with the fact that they tried to make one that's quadrivalent or four seasonal flu viruses um so i don't exactly know how that works um because it's an mrna vaccine so would they have like four different types of mrnas in it to target four different strains or how do you how do we think this would work yeah, that's exactly how it works. So basically, you're targeting antigens from four different strains of the virus, so two of the uh, influenza A and two of the, of the B subtypes. And actually, the current flu vaccines are also quadrivalent, um, but they're not mRNA-based, of course. Um, I think most of them are either live attenuated or inactivated. So you have full forms of um, four different strains of the virus that are, predict that are predicted to be um, predominant in that particular year. And so you have um, those four different strains in one vaccine. Okay, so yeah. whichever kind of vaccine it is, they would have to kind of make a mixture. Right, yeah, that's how target. it's done right now. Exactly. Oh, okay. So most are quadrivalent. So with, with the uh, Moderna vaccine, the only difference is the technology. Um, so it's quadrivalent, but you're t you just have the mRNA of the four different strains. Um, and it's more specific because you're just targeting, um, you know, the hemagglutinin proteins, that's your antigen in those vaccines, as opposed to the current vaccines, which are the more traditional vaccines, which contain the whole virus. So they contain the whole, you know, the four different strains virus in whole. Yeah, inactivated. Inactivated or weakened, yeah. So I'm thinking about this from Moderna's perspective. This is probably only one of their 
it's like their second or th- yep. third product, so their second product, second. right? Yeah. Um, and they've received, you know, a lot of mixed reviews from their first one, and I'm wondering how that will influence uh, the success of their flu vaccine, um, not just from the company itself, but the technology, um, and how many people would opt to just stick to another. Uh, you know, an older uh, flu vaccine or uh, if they would be excited by the new technology. But Moderna is in a bit of hot water, as we discussed uh, on the last podcast, too. So it's it's coming at a very interesting time for them. That's a good point. I didn't realize that it's actually very hot off the heels after they had made those statements last week. And now it's like, you know, well, we have this other exciting announcement. Let's detract (laughs) from that. (laughs) Let's focus on this. Good point, yeah. I think I have a little silly question, but because Moderna, you know, it ends with, it's like modern RNA or, you know, it ends with RNA, is that the main, is that like why the company was initiated to create RNA uh, kind of based therapy or treatment? Yeah, I don't know where, um, I mean, what their name is based on, but uh, yeah, it's been around for about 10 years and they specialize in RNA-based therapeutics. Okay. And so, yeah, so they were already working on, you know, RNA therapies for other diseases. And uh, when COVID popped up, they were positioned to, you know, create their vaccine. Same with the case with BioNTech, which um, Pfizer partnered with, uh, to develop their mRNA vaccines. So BioNTech, I know, was making vaccines, mRNA-based ba- vaccines for cancers. And so they were able to shift over and go for COVID uh, once they uh, once the need arose and the rest is history. <laughs> yes, you're right. You are right. So Moderna, this company focuses on RNA therapeutics, primarily mRNA vaccines. So, yeah. So I think it's also interesting that they're really um, going full blown, like, okay, you know, they got the COVID, now the, you know, the flu shot, and then they want to have this all in one, uh, you know, booster, I don't know why it's called a booster, but it's a shot that would cover COVID as well as the flu. Would you guys be inclined to take something like that? I think the reason why they are creating these um, vaccines that are trying to target as many different, you know, influenza strains and then COVID-19 as well as RSV, I think it's because maybe they they are thinking COVID may be here to stay mm. for a few more years at least, yeah. or maybe longer. We, we're not sure. So if people are already getting their annual flu shot, wouldn't it just be more convenient for them to get it in? Just to add it in, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the flu shot makes a lot of money in terms of companies, like the amount of vaccines, you know, because every year there's a chance of people getting vaccinated against the flu. So I think it's a huge market to tap into. And Moderna has obviously been tapping into only huge markets because, you know, they're the COVID people and now they're the flu people. And it makes sense because um, I think it makes sense because they'll receive a lot of traffic that way. Especially because, you know, they've started out small and now they're growing mm-hmm. exponentially. But yeah, I saw the um, the combo vaccine, I guess, the flu and COVID one. And I feel like a lot of people would be inclined to take that, especially those that do take 
the flu shot. shot. Yeah. And then, but those that don't take the flu shot might be more inclined to take it because it's also fighting against mm-hmm. COVID. So yeah, I think I think they're definitely yeah. heading in heading towards a uh, direction that will give them a lot of money. And it's like, let's say COVID you know, ends eventually, then they still have the flu shot that will keep going, right? So, yeah, I think that's my opinion about that. Oh, just to clarify, so Moderna hasn't actually begun clinical trials for the influenza and COVID-19 and RSV uh, combination? Not to my knowledge, not for the combo one. All right. Now, with that, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. Also, just wanted to say that uh, this will be our last show for the year for 2021. So we'll be on break for about two weeks. So we'll see you guys all in 2022. And uh, on behalf of the team here, just wanted to wish uh, our audience a very happy holidays and a very happy new year. Uh, We have another announcement as well. So a very beloved member of our team, Mira, will be leaving us um, this week. So this is her final podcast episode ever with us. So just wanted to, you know, thank her for all the great times we've had. It's been great having Mira on our team, not just on the podcast, but in general on our editorial team. So just wishing you all the best for your future endeavors, and um, we're going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aisha. Yeah, I'm going to miss you guys too, but I'll definitely be tuning in to listen to more live science news, um, you know, on all the platforms that I have, podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sad to be leaving too. All right, everyone. Thank you once again, and we will see you all in 2022. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.